Welcome to LOI Central. Just millimeters past the touchline and coming into your living room, it's Dan and Johnny. Hello and welcome. It's episode 21 of LOI Central in association with futuretickling.ie. And what a week for Irish football. Bohemians beating Pauk 2 1. Uh, we're going to hear from Keith Long after the game. Dan spoke to him. Dan also got the views from Greece. Uh, from the Greek journalistic fraternity in terms of what was obviously a shock result, David versus Goliath at the Aviva Stadium. Dan has been busy. He was at Roadstone to speak to Joy O'Brien. Uh, really, really interesting stuff from Joy O'Brien, I have to say. Uh, that's a 10-minute interview. We also hear from Alessio Abibi, I heard of Dundalk v Arnhem uh, in the UEFA Conference League. And what else do we have on the show? I think that's pretty much it, actually, in association with futureticketing.ie. We're going to give away a pizza from Four Star uh, later on in the show. And uh, obviously, we're going to just reflect on what was an amazing night. Dan had a bit of FOMO, wasn't at the game, somewhere in the middle of the west of Ireland. You were in the Viva Stadium. What was it like? How does it rank among the great European nights that you've been asked involving Irish football clubs? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, uh, it was yeah, better than that. Know- People will notice. Well, you you weren't there. I mean, you you mean you you headed off on holidays to Mayo. You were you were some tall tall class Thursday nights uh, after the game that you were gonna you were gonna say to your better half, "No, I'm coming back for the game on Tuesday. I'm I, I can't miss it. I'm gone on holiday by night. mistake." Yeah, but but you know, like people might notice that we were in the kitchen last week. We're not even in the kitchen this week because you're too tired after your holiday. So mm. really, like you know. Bo's How was the game, Dan? This is nothing Bo's, to do Bo's with my performed. holiday. <laughs> Bo's, you know, performed consistently in Europe and, and clearly can't all perform that consistently in our own lives, you know, and, and that's obviously the issue that we all face. Um, Addison, it was very good. I mean, uh, see, I, 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 listen, I sense with Keith Long and, and I do mention it to him after that sort of sense of not wanting to be triumphalist when it is sort of halftime and they possibly could have brought a better lead, you know, and... This was a great European night, um, but it the legacy of it to some degree depends on getting the job done in the second leg. Yep. Um, not not exclusively because listen, the people that were there had a brilliant night. They really enjoyed it. Um, you know the some of the scenes with the uh, the yes sir I can boogie uh, song being played, and I just saw some great sort of like people locked up for a long time and just the sort of scenes of people dancing in the stadium and having a great you know great time and stuff and um, people have uh you know, not, you know not all just from your typical sort of football supporting demographic either and there was a real sort of good buzz and vibe around the place but um you know you can't just spend your whole time celebrating one-legged victories you know and that's obviously uh the the the, the instinct of both will be to to, to want to get it done in the second leg and, yeah. and then really celebrate. I mean, I was, so it was interesting in the stadium last night in the press box, um, you know, there was members of the Bose technical staff were up, uh, were basically they had the first row of the press box cordoned off. So you had Derek Pender there and uh, Philly McMahon was there on her laptop and, and other members of the backroom team. It's got the whole game looking through data. And this is what clubs do now. Like, a lot of clubs have advancements in this department, obviously, or certainly the top clubs in this league. They don't necessarily always see it up front, but it was really interesting in the dying stages of the game when Bowes won a couple of free kicks. And you could sense that like, they took one or two of them to the corner flag and then they went for it late on. And when the full-time whistle blew, it was, I actually looked down and rather than people, like fans were celebrating the win, we could sort of see the Bowes staff were a bit of, oh, you know, that bit of, 
maybe frustration that they had one or two chances there at the end. And yeah. like that's that's the standards you need to set for yourself. So I, I of of course you get caught up in the exhilaration of it. Um and I I just love those nights. I love these European games. You know, I love when you're playing against a, a team of consequence. Um and you know it, it always builds a great like social media reaction and people who don't normally follow it talking about it. And that's all great. Um, and, and, and this was a really good night, but I just hope that, that the legacy of it is cemented by what happens next week. And let's be honest, it's going to be really, really difficult. It'll be hard. It'll be very tough. Pogba's hugely confident. Yeah. yeah will be hugely confident of progressing. Uh, and, you know, I understand why, why that would be. And we'll, we'll hear a bit from, from their end of things. It's, it's, um, I've been sort of dovetailing with a couple of journalists in that time. And uh, Costas Petrotas, he's from Sports Radio, Metropolis um, in Thessaloniki. We'll, we'll get his views in a second on how it's been received over there. But it was. But what, what did you miss out the most, Johnny? What was when you were watching on your stream? What, 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 uh, what was niggling away at you? I don't. First of all, I don't work at the Viva Stadium as a journalist very often. So like when when I do get the chance, it's a brilliant view of the game. And like Bose, like, it just looks so good. It, like Bose in the Viva Stadium have looked so good. They've scored eight goals. They hadn't conceded obviously until that goal last night. Um, and Pauk, after, like, I was very worried at start. Pauk were so rattled. One of the memorable moments of the game for me was Breslin demanding the ball off their manager after, like, 20, 25 minutes. And that's just such a sign that there's no inferiority here. Like, we want the ball. We want to be on the front foot. And, obviously, I missed, like, the, the crack with the, the Bose fans. Of, but after the both of the games, like, I went had a few beers afterwards with them. And it was just like old times. It was lovely to... The weather was great. It was lovely to toast an Irish victory, but this was a massive performance. And I, I definitely can see them scoring a goal over there. Whether it's enough, we'll see. But I thought defensively, they were unbelievably good. You could see they were tiring at the end of the game. But Ali Kutan, like the first half an hour or so against um, Doodland in, in the Viva Stadium, he was unbelievable. He was involved in pretty much everything. And it, it, a couple of players that I don't think I've given enough credit for how good they are, Ali Coot and Anto Breslin, who I thought were star players among a star, a star team last night. And it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, a lot of people on to me about it that wouldn't necessarily follow the League of Ireland, despite the fact that, you know, I'd fork a tenner to watch the game and it wasn't on TV. And I, I think that's really, really disappointing, to be honest. That's the one disappointing aspect of it. Because if you put the... And the other thing, the last thing i say about it is, when Rovers played Cloven Bratislava and that game Bratislava and we were saying what's the League of Ireland standard like you know after that game I was kind of wondering because but Rovers were battered there but apart from Sligo ever since then it's been absolutely brilliant it's been unbelievably good best like best run for League of Ireland teams essentially in a long time I sense your, I sense your enthusiasm um, yeah like I mean it, it was it was good to see them compete on their own terms in the sense yeah. of how they played. And I mean, they were defensively very good. I mean, and in the sense, but but also as well, you have to be conscious. Like you know, you're always going to have let offs and, and near misses. I mean, like Pout did miss a sitter in, in the second minute, which wasn't offside. It wasn't um, offside. No, the flag didn't go up. Oh wow! Um, so um, you know, the, and there was a couple later on. Um, that they could have taken as well. I mean, I thought Talbot was excellent. Kieran Kelly was good. Andy Lyons, to me, is, has got an exceptional chance of having a very good career. And that whole uh, dovetailing with, with, with Coop makes perfect sense because Coop yeah. is a winger who likes to cut inside. That allows uh, Lyons to go outside. And I have to say, watching Lyons play at the Aviva isn't hugely different to like Seamus Coleman's style, yeah. you know, in terms of how mm. he plays. Um, and, and he just gives them such a great outlet. 
you know, Cornwall, Nutmeg, Kagawa one stage. He was struggling a bit late on. He was replaced. Um, but he can go through it. Like, you know, Keith Buckley was, was so good. Um, you know, Devoy probably had to be more disciplined off the ball at times. And that, that's the challenge for him. But you could see his quality when he was on it. Tierney was probably one that, you know, he, he actually found loads of space and caused problems. But actually, possibly, it was a step up for him in terms of maybe just decision-making. And some of the well. strength and physicality. It'll be a great experience for him. I think, yeah. I think he'll have learned a lot from that. And then, um, and you know, Burst was probably, you know, was had his moments, but but probably outshone by the coup on this occasion. And Georgie Kelly, I mean, for the first goal, did excellent. And I, I think definitely, like, Pau defensively um, would have given both a lot of encouragement. Definitely. In terms of they were just a bit ponderous and uh, lacked composure. Surprisingly lacking composure. Uh, did the captain, Villarina, who... Um, scored against Rovers 10 years ago uh, when he was a more attacking player. He, at one point, he was just trying to get everyone to calm down when they were 2 0 down because it was just mm. one of these where they're under mad pressure. They went through a period where they were just taking shots from everywhere. It was like, this is fantastic for Bowes. This is exactly what you want. But their, their subs did make a difference. Um, Big time. That's what uh, would worry me a bit. Particularly the, the, the business wire from, from Suriname. And he he just took up positions that caused Bowes a few problems. And thought he was excellent. Good, yeah. good, good, good ball and header from Oliveira. And look, Pauker resounding favourite still to go through. I mean, that's true. But what I would say is about Bowes, they've shown they're very good at composing a game plan for these fixtures. I mean, these are far better than Fairvar. And there's no, you know, there was no home fans at that game last year. But I still think they're capable of, of going away and concocting a plan that makes them competitive. And even if they concede early, which would be obviously not ideal, but they're, they're not dead. But we'll, we'll talk about the second leg next week because we will have the next show yeah. before the second leg. So there's no point going down into preview mode. Um, just in, in terms of reflections, though, I did get the view from, as I said, mentioned I mentioned earlier, Kostas, Petrotas, Sports Radio in Thessaloniki. And uh, I just asked him to maybe give us a summation of how the game has been received over there. Uh, local headlines, what's the general discussion and view on the ground. So here's what he had to say. The loss of Pauk from Bohemians came to complete um, a lot of criticism that there is for Greek teams in Europe because Ike is out from Velez, Aris is out also from Astana. Uh, so two from the four teams we had this season in Europe are out of the continue of uh, Conference League, Olympiagos, could not manage to win uh, Ludogorets and Pauk lost from Bohemians, a club that uh, has not full professionals uh, as players. So it's a big problem, especially for Pauk, that uh, this season uh, there is a lot of demand for Pauk to make a very good uh, European uh, success. And when you begin with uh, such a loss, this is a big problem for Lucesco and his players. Especially for the coach of Pauk, there is a criticism for using older players. Uh, maybe they say that uh, his influence from the team that won the double in the season 2018-2019 and he is much more than he should be uh, emotionally uh, touched with his players and this affects his uh, choices for the players. Um, for example, I can give you what my newspaper, Metrosport, wrote in their front page. It was an awakening cuff, what happened yesterday against the Bohemians. And this is, I think, uh, the spirit that uh, fans of Pauk have. The way uh, a big reaction in the second game, and especially uh, 
a reaction in the way Powell will play because they want a big win against Bohemians. But the truth is that Bohemians uh, put a lot of, uh, how can I say, uh, not fear, but now Pauk is more uh, concerned about what Bohemians can do in the second game. So really is a big game next uh, Thursday, the 12th of August. You get the impression that like this, they just have to go through here. Effectively, this is this is like this is not this will not be uh, this will not be tolerated if they're to you know to go out to plucky Bohemians under what appears to be a somewhat eccentric coach as well. Yeah, and listen, the was that Keith Longer or the the the, the, other, the other? Well, I t- I don't um, I don't think Longer remind me calling him eccentric, but your man without the socks is a bit on that kind of side as well. Yeah, yeah, and he was very confident the other day in Chesky, like um, he. he was in good form in the pre-match presser and then afterwards he, he wasn't too magnanimous and was more talking about seeing blood in his eyes mm. and he might see he might see blood on his floor if he doesn't get through so that might be the, I like that that might be that might be the concern that he has um and, and it was interesting just to hear the view there that he, he is a former coach coming back and the, the the feeling that he might be too loyal to some of those players and they did actually just look a bit old at times you know mm. um they they and, and in fairness, some of their subs off the bench gave them a lot more energy. And listen, they are in pre-season, and as was mentioned, the other Greek clubs bombed out of Conference League in pre-season, and that is a massive element. Like no matter what, uh, you know, no matter what way you look at it, um, the heat you know, might be an issue for both. No, that's going to be a challenge. There is, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, and like there's variables there. You just you can prepare for them as much as possible, but like both have obviously. You know, hit on a formula that's worked for them. They obviously have to go play Waterford at the weekend, and and how do you approach that? Because these are mm. such these are such big games for them, and they are young. You know, they are mid-season for all the stuff about well, they're not full time. I mean, look, they effectively are really like in terms yeah. of training they do and stuff. So I don't, I, I don't think that's like an issue. And I suppose when you go away, like as much as we talk about Bowes playing on the front foot and stuff like that, I mean, the second leg against Doodlange, they actually sat in a fair bit uh, in the away leg. And obviously there's an element of conserving energy if you if you operate in a particular way, but Pauk obviously have the quality to, to make you a part in the way that Doodlange wouldn't. But we're veering into preview mode there. It was a great night. As you mentioned, um, Shane, it's not on TV. That's generated a lot of discussion and continues to you know, generate discussion. In fact, listen, well, we're talking about both. Let's let's. I did ask Keith Long a couple of questions after the game in the press conference, and I did ask him about the TV issues. Let, let's hear what he said, and we can maybe talk about that afterwards. Can I just ask you, like, what what's the mood like in the dressing room after the game? Because I'm sure there's pride, but I sense from you there's just a little bit of disappointment over that concession as well, too. I mean, what what is the mood like in there? Um, I suppose the mood. Uh, I, yeah, well, I'll tell you the truth. Like the mood. Um, is that they're, you know, we've, it's half time. The mood is that, you know, we've we've done a job tonight. We were disappointed with the goal that we conceded. Um, you know, I suppose we, we, we if we're, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good question because like it's hard to, you know, some of the boys are, are bouncing around the dressing room. Some of the boys are really, really pleased, chuffed. And, and then, you know, but but ultimately, and and then you've got uh, you know more experienced, level-headed group that are you know um, and keeping everybody's feet on the ground. So um, tonight's over now, really, and and our our focus. And again, this might 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 sound a little bit boring, or 
you know, but it has to shift to, to Waterford. Like that's what was what, what we said at the end of the game. Um, that it shifts to Waterford on Saturday because again, we want more nights like this. We want to be here representing the club again in Europe next season. And it doesn't happen unless our domestic uh, league form um is looked after and taken care of. We've got Waterford on Saturday at two o'clock down the RSC. They've made um, significant changes in the in the off season. They've won the last four games, so that's the message we're pleased with tonight. In terms of, in terms of the the the, the result, um, yes, we would have preferred to keep a clean sheet and you know, uh, gone away with a two two goal lead. Um, but we've seen evidence in the performance tonight that we can improve. Uh, we will need to. We'll need to 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 defend moments better than we did tonight. At times, we need to retain possession better. Uh, than we did at times tonight. We need to be a little bit more clinical in the final tour with our final execution of pass in the final tour. Um, and we have to capitalise on, on on any opportunity that we'll have away from home. Um, but ultimately, the, the message in the dress room has shifted and the focus has shifted. The boys, um, you know, have come off the, the pitch. They're full of adrenaline. They're pleased with, with how they've performed by and large tonight. Um, but but like I said, we it's now, it's now over. Um, we can't... Um, dwell on it too much because we we've got an important game on Saturday. Can I just ask you my last question? Um, like you, you mentioned, like these have been very good nights at the Aviva. They've been hugely enjoyable, and I, I know you're immersed in your own job and your own work. But is there any sense of frustration that these games haven't been shown to a national TV audience? A game like tonight, you know, young Irish players doing their thing on that arena. That it's still ultimately being watched by the people in the stadium and a streaming audience as opposed to maybe that national showpiece. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it's yeah, I think I think we all share those frustrations that um it's a great spectacle. I think tonight would have been good value for the the the, the licensed player. Um you know, I, listen, you'll have to ask the powers to be the question it's you know, we're we're we don't really concern ourselves too much with, with, with that type of stuff. Um, arguably, um, you know, as a as a league, as an association, as a sport, maybe we need to take control of that ourselves a little bit. Yeah, you, you, you know, um, it probably maybe it's a resources thing. You know, with the Olympics going on, you know, a lot of investment into the Euros. Maybe it's it's got to do with the contract with the. With the league in terms of the amount of games played, but it is frustrating. There's no doubt about it. I think um, you you only have to witness Dundalk's run in Europe a, a couple of seasons uh, back. You know, on their first run when they made it to the Europa, Europa League, I think the whole footballing uh, country or nation got behind Dundalk um, at that time, and and we're proud of Dundalk and how they performed in Europe. So, unfortunately, you know, the wider sporting public and the wider Irish public had been. You know, deny this is a this is a nice story for us um, as a club, and we're very proud of the team and how the club has conducted itself in Europe. Um, and yeah, I suppose it is disappointing that we, you know, we seem to be, you know, always always scrapping for the crumbs and and uh, at the big table when it comes to, you know, getting that sort of exposure. Um, and that's that. It is frustrating. Um, you know, I don't think it would happen if in 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 other sports like GAA or the or, uh, or rugby, you know, for for example, I just don't think it would happen. Um, so 
yeah, it's but the powers that be, they've got the questions to answer there. Maybe it's a budget thing, like I said, with the Olympics, the Euros that have been on recently. Um, but it's it's there's no real impact on us. We 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 get on with our job. We we're like I said, we're immersed in it, but it is there's no doubt. I, I think I think um I think RTE, um the national broadcaster, um for whatever reason seems to um seems to not fully get behind uh, the, the the game, the professional game of football in this country. Yeah, I listened to the press conference, Dan. One of the first things he said prior to your, your question was like, he, he responded with, well, we we haven't won anything. This is only half time, which I thought was, uh, it was a good way of cooling down you know, expectations and so forth. But uh, yeah, your questions got him going there. And obviously the, the TV issue, I mean, it's pretty depressing, it has to be said. Yeah, listen, it's not it's not straightforward. This right, I mean, it's it's, and I I don't like when uh, I've made this point on on radio earlier. I don't like when so you have a great night for the league and it it becomes like the fallout becomes a bit bitter and rancorous. But yeah, I do understand. Like we all, the two of us, like a lot of league fans, you still have this the ability to be triggered by stuff as much as you preach calm and stuff. There is that frustration because sometimes you see something and you want more people to see it and to feel what you feel, but you live in a country where that, you know, feeling isn't shared by a lot of people. And mm. I, I've had countless discussions with people, you know, who've worked in broadcasters and, and various other sort of uh, positions of influence who I don't think, like, don't want to give the league coverage. Uh, I really don't believe that's the case, but I, I just think, you know, there, there isn't enough evidence there in terms of viewership at times. But, but my the games in Europe let, do attract um, let sports. me let me let me let me continue my point. But there's this is what I say in this frustration. The games in Europe to me are massively important and great showcases. But there's a complication there. So FEI, the FEI at the start of the year will do a deal with RTE for the number of games you will show, and it was previously with Air Sport as well. It would be the same. Uh, European games are complex because they sit outside that deal. Like yeah. the FEI will be looking for electricity when they're doing a deal. And if it's an electricity league game, you can have your branding and you can have sometimes your person presenting the man of the match and stuff yeah. like that. The, the European games are different. Now, I, I gather there have been times when, you know, they'd maybe swap one or two games out of the deal for it, but it wouldn't be preferred. Um, and to say that European games should be in the deal, I'd love that. But that's complicated because you play against, there's too many variables involved, different countries, different rights, um, so I, I will just make that point. Now, there's a bit of a back and forth going on between clubs and RTE here about the extent to which they were offered games this year, whether formally or, or informally. Um, I think at the start of the competition, Bo was indicated to RTE that their games, they wouldn't have any issues with them showing their games. Um, but, but RTE had a couple of things going on that they have. The Olympics has taken up a lot of their schedule time. And I think they're tied in commercially to showing that show in the evening time. Hence, they tried to show Shamrock Rovers' uh, game against Toyota tomorrow evening, but they wanted it moved to a five o'clock kickoff, and Rovers didn't agree to that move. I completely understand why Rovers wouldn't do that yeah. because you can't, for sake of TV, you can't completely upset your schedule and you know, make it easier for the opposition to fly home and and you know get into their own beds earlier and all this type of thing. And these are big games, and it's important, but like winning is the most important thing. Um, and there are layers to it. Like RT have making a policy decision that they're going to prefer the, the, the priority is to the champions. Um, and I understand that, but obviously when they end up in the same competition as the other teams, 
and there's a buzz building up around Bose games. Like I, I've seen Irish women's internationals recently showing on RTE News now. Even if if you can't you can't show it on RTE Two, um, you know could there have been a way to to the buzz that built up around Bose that the two previous games with the Aviva the play in Pauk. I'd like to think that, but but, but rather getting bogged down too much. It's not so much even like, bows though. Like the Champions League game should be on RTE. Like Shamrock Rovers is slow in Bratislava. That game just that's got to be like every year. It's such a massive game. Our Champions League. It's it's our one team. That game's really got to be on RTE. No, I know, and and and, and I I don't disagree with that. Um, there was a clash with the Euros for the first leg. That was always going to be a problem. Second leg, I think, yeah, it was a. Legacy hanging over from that, not showing the first day. I'm not. There's, there's. RTE would say that they've tried to show all of the Rovers games in some, in some shape mm. or form. Um, you know, the, 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 the home leg maybe for the Bratislava, maybe not as explicable on that one. Um, you know, they, they did want to show the game tomorrow, but, but Rovers didn't want to move it. Um, but I think like we can get down in. To, and it annoys me too. I'm not saying I'm not angry about it, like you know. But I also think there is an element of after Bowes win the game, everyone says, "I wish that yeah. was on telly." Yeah. Um, if they'd lost it, sometimes when if our team loses heavily, it, it can suit us to just be glad that it didn't get much focus and, and and shuffle on with things. And what I hope is that the lesson of this year is that like the clubs have performed well in Europe. That at the beginning of next season, when the FEI are talking with you know, and Jonathan Hill is in there now. They're having discussions that they, they start to look at that stage about well, can you do X amount of European games? Like, I wonder is this idea of games at the Aviva now it's in exceptional circumstances this year, but I think it's been a brilliant showcase for the league. And um, not, not every club is going to ever want to play there. Maybe it's a very distinctive Bowes thing because it's been so long, but I think what you need is a bit more cre- creativity and imagination around the TV deals. and what has been allowed, there is no doubt, and Stephen Bradley has some comments on this that people are going to read in the in the Thursday morning papers and, and online or whatever, where he, he just thinks, his view is that we should forget about these TV companies, that you have to go beg into them or feel as though they're doing you a favour by showing their games. That's paraphrasing his words, but that was the tone of it. Um, and and his, his thing is just play ahead with the streaming and, uh, you know, build that. I know the numbers are low, but just build it and build it and let it to, you know, let it get better. Now, I'm not sure I agree. I, I, I think the national audience is important, but I, I think it comes back to the authorities in terms of it, at the start of the year, if RTU are doing X amount of games, I think you need to be stronger and say, um, well, you know, it's great you're doing those games, but there's a four month blank in the middle of the season. And um, but there should be a, a, a strategy to prioritize showcase games that show the league in the best light, as opposed to filling quotas of games in runs of four and five weeks at the start of the season and then later in the season. And I mean, if the schedule doesn't work or the league is wrapped up, you end up with a lot of crap games on, to be honest, you know, or, or certainly games that wouldn't, wouldn't even excite people in the league. And yet yeah, you have yeah. this bizarre scenario in this country where you can't see games that actually interest people aside it. But I mean, a lot of this Johnny comes back to like, I, I, I think people in this country love a great story and after the game everyone was like a bow's peg it was great but there has to be a demand before it that's really there because that, that really does exist to be there like a lot of people like the streaming figures in the uh for the league of Ireland was low like we'll probably have loads of people this listen to this show who are uh fans of the league who may not even pay for LOI TV who might mm, share mm. their subscriptions and their logins 
you know, who, mm-hmm. who don't bother to buy individual, you know, watch some games and, you know, you can watch games on various streams and get around it. Mm-hmm. And that actually does have an impact on it. And like, this is, there has to be a degree of balance to some of those points as well, that I do believe that there's an interest out there, but there isn't always the evidence that's shown. And like the streaming figure has been low has, has probably been quite damaging, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I know people are screaming saying well, the service wasn't very good. And that's also very fair at certain times. The clubs are trying to make it better. But even with clubs trying to make the package better now with like proper commentary and, and, and the whole thing, I'm not hearing evidence that like you're going to hear about a massive uptake. Um, so we're in a sort of a difficult balancing act with the whole thing. Um, but I just hope that the results are so become so consistent that it becomes even more glaring that the games aren't being shown. Like, and that's these yeah. should be ev- events that are prioritised every year. But it's it's complicated. It's not to be not, to, not, to be fair. To be fair, TV is becoming like less and less relevant in the overall scheme of things. The social media aspect of the goals being shared is is massive, like, and clubs can benefit from that. Um, you see, Glenn McCauley's goal for Atlone getting massive, massive views that nobody would like ten years but ago. It, nobody but it, but it is, about. but it is to a to a point though. Like you know, people have. I I still think it's really important to be on TV, and I think oh, it's no, it it, it is, and and it, and and but like it does good and and. RT are a national broadcaster as well, right? I, I have to say, like, they do have a degree of responsibility. It is, they are different from a commercial station. And there's a balancing act there that RT can't become a slave to the figures too much, as much as the yeah, yeah. financial strain. Yeah. But, but, but obviously, we do have like other um, commercial stations, um, mm-hmm. you know, who, who don't, who never come forward for these games um, and don't get grief. But the reason they don't do it is they'll say that the numbers in the audience isn't there. Like, we, we absolutely with this podcast grew out of our sport, right? This this podcast like spawned from there, so we're probably a bit biased towards them. The coverage on our sport was absolutely top class, really really good. Put put in the the dedication to you know the League of Ireland coverage that you would like. And like loads of league fans didn't subscribe to the channel. Yeah, you know, so yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. You, know, no, no, you, you no. can have you can have everything handed to you. Sometimes. Absolutely, I, I mean. I, I am disappointed that people, more people don't pay to to watch the the streaming service. You know, I I I I've actually spent like just watching European games alone this week is going to cost me a fair few quid and has done. But it is what it is. I, I want to support it as well. Uh, it's funny, ironically though, we get Shamrock Rovers now. I did say to to a couple of people after the game. Um, when they played in Barcelona, I'm actually glad that wasn't on RT because it wasn't a good night. Since then, Shamrock Rovers obviously produced a brilliant performance in the second leg. And is it Tita Dan? How am I pronouncing this right? I'm not sure. I might be Tita Dara. Yeah, I'm I not, even looked at. I went went sure. onto Wikipedia. Jures. Um, the 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 city anyway, but. Dan caught up with Joey O'Brien to be one of the veterans of the Rovers uh, team. I think I think a bit like Dylan Watts when Joey O'Brien has returned to the Channel Rovers team, they've started winning games again. Um, caught up with them in Rosestone today, head of the game Thursday. Um, your your first start for Bolton. They looked it up last night, and it was a way to locomotive Plovdiv yeah. in Bulgaria. Do you remember anything about that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, the uh, yeah. So I had, that was my first start, but obviously yeah. I'd, I'd been a I'd. Uh, I'd made a couple of appearances, like me obviously debut and stuff like that, but the way the the way the um we are going with the league and all that, the club are going really good at the stage. So obviously the manager wanted to qualify for Europe again, so we was using the squad and at that stage I became I suppose as I said, made me league de- or me league debut and me my first team debut and um so it was just one of them things. We went over and played them over there. 
I actually remember I got home and sitting on the plane and uh, I was reading a magazine and it said that the owner had just been assassinated. <laughs> um, of this locomotive club coming out of a nightclub or something like that, you know, he was just, he was taken out. <laughs> so it was like, whoa. So it obviously went in. The place was uh, pitch, one of them real old school, I suppose. European sort of stadiums, you know, and uh, it was red hot. Remember, it was red hot, and uh, no, it went all right to be fair for me. Um, played quite well. I remember the game, Kevin Nolan, I think, came on and uh, scored, mm. scored late doors. You know, we had a bit of quality on the bench, and the boys came on and uh, changed the game, really. You know, I mean, like you go away in these trips, and that's where you maybe spend more time with lads than you train with, sort of, you know, you train to go day to day. Now, I know at Bolton, there's probably pre seasons away, and it was a bit more, but. Who were the sort of big characters and people you would have looked at that would have set the tone around the group, looked after the fines or whatever, whatever it was? Oh, the, I suppose, the, yeah. The voices. Yeah, at that, at that time, you mean, yeah? Yeah, at that like, time. Yeah, yeah, at that time, would have been, obviously, like Kevin Owen would have been there. Um, Kevin Owen was there, um, Gary Speed, JJ Okocha, Kevin Davis, Yushi Askelainen, <clears throat> them lads, obviously, them. The sort of. Uh, like it was sort of, like I think most restaurants are in them sort of environments as well. Sort of like there's so many mixes of different nationalities and languages yeah. that you always need, always seem to always get like say I wouldn't say a captain of each. That's the wrong word. Like but you know someone that's really there and he sort of comes into the sort of we say the committee group of, of the dressing room sort of thing. So you'd have like maybe the, um, the French speaking lads or something like that. You know the obvious yeah. senior player over there of them that's it sort of speaking and some of them probably wouldn't be fluent in the English, some of them would be, so they're able to sort of communicate any problems or issues that they sort of have. So that's the way the dressing room sort of play out, you know. At that time, as I said, the likes of Kevin Nolan, Gary Spade, yeah, Kevin Davis, yeah, it was like UC. We had like, obviously, Ivan Campo, I suppose, the Spanish sort of yeah. speaking lads and stuff like that. You know? Big so, yeah. names, like, oh, yeah. Gary Spade was a great character by all accounts to speak. Ah, oh, legend man, you know, great guy. Um, yeah, great guy, you know, uh, great player. Obviously, when I came through as a as a young player, um, getting into the first team dressing room, it's obviously one of them moments you get up to it, and you have these lads that you mean you would have grown up. We would have grown up putting Gary Speed into me fancy football team, you know, yeah, that like sort of thing. And, uh, so yeah, you see him, and then it's just like all of them, you know, just all really nice, sound people, like you know. And uh, would look out for me. I would have played him obviously as well. He was playing centre mid at the time. I was a centre mid at the time. So again, you would have been one of these players that picked up on and. Uh, yeah, bought me my first point against. Did he? Yeah. Well, it's a nice story for another day. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. <laughs> was that just the no, no, young lad out? Like, or whatever. Yeah, no. It's a young lad. Young lad. We were out on the drinks with the open. He just came up and he was talking about it. Loved Ireland and all that. Had a, that sort of Kel connection, I suppose. Yeah. Know, going to Dublin. Obviously, Christmas parties and stuff. We would have went to Dublin and a lot of Christmas parties. And as a lot of the teams would do over there, you know. We were just shooting the breeze, walking through Manchester at one point, and it was just. Talking about guys with a Guinness sort of thing, and I said, I've never had a Guinness. Like, you know, at this stage, <laughs> I made it between 18. And, uh, you <laughs> know, say you're 18, anyway, it was yeah. just, uh, it was just, he was right. So I was surprised, I went right here, come on, bang, went in, had two Guinness. You know, it was, I suppose. So it's a great memory, memory to have of someone in a way, you know. It's yeah, like, and uh, listen, he went on, obviously, and uh, <clears throat> remember then, obviously, seeing him when he was manager at Wales, he would have come down to games and stuff like that, you know. Listen, what happened was just, yeah. So, yeah. Was shocking moment. Like I remember the remember being down at West Ham then at the time dressing room, you know, and I, I remember uh, coming in after training and Sam was there obviously and at that time there was a few few lads that would have played with guys like myself, Kevin Nolan, UC Askelinen was there. Um, of course, yeah. And Sam obviously I think UC was there. 
maybe maybe he no, Yusi hadn't came yet, I don't think. Um Matty Taylor again maybe, but yeah, it was just yeah, I remember obviously when the phone call came it was at that time, it was just yeah shock. Yeah, listen, just to, to bring it back to this, I mean, you, you actually spoke about the, your trips with Bolton and, and West Ham, and I know Bolton were probably underdogs to some degree, mm. but you're still a, like, a, look at the, I looked at the West Ham fixtures you played, and you would have been a Premier League club going away, and yeah. there would have been a sense of all Europa League, and I, I can imagine there was a bit of that around it. How much did you enjoy going away with an Irish club in Europe now, where they're maybe the biggest games of the season, and I'm sure the trips have a certain energy and a, and a buzz around them because of that? Oh, 100%. Okay, I think. You look back at probably the games over the last few years and that with like in Calais, like you know the the most intense is the best atmospheres and stuff like that. And I know it would have been them. I know Dundalk the game was a three two yeah. game and stuff like that. But I mean, Brand definitely is there. The Cypriot team is definitely there. You know the AEK uh, Stockholm team, AOK. You know the atmosphere in them games is fantastic. And, and, and they're the ones that remember. And as you said, when you go out to them stadiums, tend to be. Stadiums do be fantastic stadiums that you're playing in. So obviously, stuff for that is a step. You know what I mean? The stadiums over yeah. here, you know yourself. So like, when you're going out to them, like, uh, AOK Stockholm, huge, huge stadium. For instance, that was the first experience that we had with an Irish team. You know, so it's great yeah. for the lads. You know, it's great for everyone and myself. Still playing, you're going to them places. Obviously, feel the night before and uh, the night before the European game when you're in a real top quality stadium. We always feel that the training, the Steps up. That little bit more sharpness to it, you know, there's happening, you know, more of a buzz for the lads and the energy off you, and it's just that little bit more because you're in there and you, you know, you know, you want to impress, it's like, that's why you play football, you know, to play on the biggest stage possible and to impress. And uh, yeah, look, at it's uh, there have been some great nights, but it doesn't really matter once you don't win, uh, if you don't win the game. Just, just finally, that's the most important thing. Just finally, you've got your analysis, yeah. I don't want to get you fined, considering you've yeah, run the yeah, fine no, system. But like, there is an opportunity here, like the, through this champions route. It, but I noticed the balance between that and not seeming overconfident and 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 not being complacent, which is in any way. But there is a there is a chance for this group, and, and I'm sure there's a is there a balance in getting the tone right in terms of the preparations when you can see there is an opportunity here compared to say you're playing AC Milan. It's probably a different type of vibe around those games. Yeah, no, what I would say though, that sort of things we played that Ilivers team and the, the Finnish team, you know, in the round beforehand, and we are probably fancy the team. And you're probably thinking, oh yeah, Jesus, this crowd, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And I mean, that game went, to, obviously went to panels, went to real toss for coin stuff. So you can never know. And that's the thing with this European, and which is great as well, I think, because you're looking at teams, you're doing the analysis, you're looking at them, you're getting the fit. You don't really know until you go out to that pitch. You seen last night with the result. You don't really know. I'm sure that power could probably think, oh yeah, bleeding league, Ireland, where the, you know? Yeah. And then, you never know until the match starts, until the whistle goes, and then, listen, it's just, you're having a cut off a team then. And I'm sure they'll like, we're thinking the same as what they're going. So no, there's no favourites in it. It's just out there, play the game, have a cut off each other, and hopefully we can get on top, you know? Yeah, you can take the man out of... Uh, is he from Tala? He's kind of that neck of the woods. No, he's he? not from Tala. No, Where is he from? He's mean. from... I thought Joey O'Brien is. Is that from Crumlin? Uh, from the direction. From the general direction of um of of the south of uh south of the city anyway. But uh, he's he's never lost his accent. I think it's always a good sign of somebody. Um yeah, that was a that was a great interview, Dan. To be honest, uh, touching stuff about Gary Speed and uh, just hasn't lost his enthusiasm. You know, I do marvel at players who have played at the Premier League and they're playing at home to Longford or Galway and they're just the same professional and probably still getting a buzz about these European nights. And listen, every time you do an interview with a Shamrock Rovers player, it feels like Joey O'Brien comes up in it. Yeah. He's, a, he's a massive, he's a massive part. 
um, in, so, in so many ways, you know, to, to the younger players. He, he'll downplay it, I think, sometimes, but like he, even behind the scenes with the 17s, Stephen Bradley was saying today, he sees him as a future coach or manager. Um, and like he is a big part of the club, but, but take away all that sort of stuff. That uh, is off the field influence. And, and I mean, he, he reels off names there. And he's not name dropping, but it's just the life that he's lived. And I think yeah. that naturally, that builds respect for you in the group. More than anything, he's still a very good player. And like they're, they're a better team. And he went off in the cup final uh, last year. I think they did their composure. And he, he remains there, a big steadying influence for them. I think in the closed doors era, we heard him, you know, how important he is in the empty stadium, like his, 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 his sort of vocal instructions. And I mean, he's 35 and, you know, they've signed very good players, but I, I, I still think if everyone is fit and well, he's in the team and, and, and he comes to the fore, I think. Um, and that's what in mind him a bit, I think, with the schedule around certain games, but he comes to the fore because they have a great chance here, Rovers. I mean, let's be clear, the Bowes run is brilliant. I really hope they get through. But if they do, they have to play Hibs or Rijeka from uh, Rijeka from Croatia. It's really difficult. And Dawk similarly against Vitesse, we'll talk about that game in a minute. They, again, if they get through, more than likely play Sanderlecht, you know. Whereas from the Rovers' perspective, the champions route, if they could get by this, play the losers of a tie between Monia Nicosia and Flora Tallinn. Yeah. Um, now, that, that's, like, Nicosia would be tough. I think the preference, obviously, would be Flora Tallinn to lose. Flora Tallinn look to be around a similar level to Levadia Tallinn to the rugby. So, like, this is, like, everyone's on the bows was at the moment, and it's been absolutely terrific, but well, there's every chance Rovers are a big talking point in a couple of weeks' time. And they were, I saw them, I saw them last Friday against Pats. That's, that's what um, I was going to say. They're so hitting we, we a level, even... they're hitting a level, which is good at the moment. Yeah, we, yeah. Did, we didn't mention, like, which was a, like, <laughs> It's a massive, massive top of the table clash. Obviously, wasn't on TV, um, but you know, uh, this was pretty routine. Dan, I thought, to be honest, and the following on from the recent performances, I think Dylan Watts coming back to the team has just made a r- ridiculous difference. Really, he was the the architect of the three goals. He was very good in Derry in the comeback. Um, this this was, I think, this was very worrying if you're if you're um, a fan of anyone else in the title race because this is routine. They go into the game in great form. There are, there are no real excuses. They should get the job done. I would have thought over two legs. Well, yeah, I, listen, I think they're doing their best to talk up the opposition and I'm not sure, like, I I, I think they, there's, there's sort of mixed messages about maybe how Toyota maybe might be as strong as the team that won the league. I think Abibi in his press conference for the Forza and Dock game uh, expressed confidence that Rovers would take them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just listen to some other people, I think there's a few that the tactics are quite good, which is obviously a, a classic cliche, but does seem to be true, but I think if the feeling seems to be if Rovers can operate with the energy and tempo that they did against Bratislava and even against Pats last week and that little understanding between Watts and Terrell and Andrew and the positions they take up um, that they could they could, they, they have the ability to really outfox teams in the midfield department and, and pull them in all different directions and I think that's where Pats you know struggle at times it's hard to look play very against open. they were meant to look very open and, and Watts in particular was the key though because he at times he was deep next to Gary O'Neill um, but then at other times he, he was taking up almost number 10 positions mm. the players sort of uh, you know, spinning out and, and leaving space and the little rotations and movements they have really played towards his well he, he, he sort of could anticipate them 
and played to his own strengths, but but then be, became the, the source of goals for others. And, I I was I was disappointed yeah, in the Inter Milan in the sorry I was disappointed the AC Milan game last year that he wasn't brought on a lot earlier because I do really like watching Dylan Watts playing against like good opposition and looking forward to seeing him in Europe. You do have a pizza question and somewhat vaguely um, related to the conversation we've had. Well, it is because you heard Joey O'Brien reference uh, Sam as in Big Sam Allardyce, so. The question is... To win a four-star pizza. To win a four-star pizza. And we know Big Sam uh, managed in the League of Ireland. Um, but what club did he manage? But the key point is here, folks, they need the, the, the full name of the club. Because obviously the city that he managed in, the club has had different incarnations. We need the name, the full name of the club that he managed um, to win a League of Ireland First Division title, I believe, in 1992. Um, so, yeah, we, we won't be accepting one-word answers for that, put it that way. Uh, who did win the pizza last week? Uh, one of your acolytes or something else? No, uh, um, the pizza last week. Last week seems like a long time ago, Dan, and I'm not going to lie. Know. That's basically what you're saying. You don't know I who can't, won the pizza. I can't remember. I cannot remember. Um, um, so, yeah. But um, Dundalk are also in action well, now. Well, this is a... Look, we're, we're actually looking ahead here. You know, this is the thing. Like, we're looking ahead. So much has happened since the last show. By the way, Lorcan Kerry. Well done to Lorcan. The pizza, by the way. So there we go. Uh, just, just so we remember. Um, well done to Lorcan. Um, like we actually, since we've talked about Bose Park, I mean, Bose did land was last Thursday. Um, and and as which was a great night because it followed on from being in the Aviva watching the last few minutes of Dundalk. I watched all of the game pretty much. On what the a pass from McAlinney. Dundalk, Lavadia. Yeah. And it was great. It was, there was just, the goal was brilliant on every level. You had Zahibo coming on in the 90th Love that. minute. And just running on and causing a bit of pressure. McElhenney's brilliantly waited first time pass and patching, just taking it and bam. And it was so clinical. It's the type of thing that you see done to Irish clubs sometimes in Europe as opposed to being the ones delivering it. And um, like it was one of those, like the dog went behind early and I was actually, I have to admit, I, I was worried what would happen if they fell behind. But it was really impressive how the dog responded. And I think a key theme of, of the week is if you have good midfield players in your team, you know, keeping the ball in Europe makes life a lot easier for you. Having spent years of watching teams try to get through European games without having the ball, um, you can get you so far, but often it doesn't get you far enough. And um, the first half of the game, um, I thought the knock was very good. Maybe dropped off a small bit in the second half, but I just thought it was a really sort of mature European performance from them. Uh, and Vinny's done a very good job there. I think you have to, you have to accept, you know, people have to, give him some praise because you know he, the, the window was again passed without him being able to bring anyone in. He basically worked with the hand that he's been given. Very expensive hand, yeah. but but a flawed one in terms of the balance of the squad and, and with a couple of injuries. And um, I, I think they've, they've drained pretty much everything they could have drained out of the last month. And they go to play Vitesse Arnhem now. Like, it is worth acknowledging that like, they did get through that tie without Michael Duffy, who is their most important player, probably their most irreplaceable player in the sense that they had to change how they played and change their shape completely, and um, you know to, to go to that diamond and you know because they didn't have a, a Duffy replacement and he comes back for this game they kind of hope that Vitesse haven't done the homework and they watch the Lavadia games um, and that Duffy like is um, I'd imagine they'd be a bit more professional than that Vitesse in their approach, and um, but they they um, they they've they've as I said they've got the maximum out of this run and you sort of see what happens now I just hope they can they can bring the tie back. Um, yeah. But again, it, it, it is a thing where like, like these teams are in pre-season Vitesse again. And um, you saw 
uh, Feyenoord last week struggling. Um, so you, you, there's an element of trying to catch them cold at, at this time. And I was reading that James Rogers is over there and following some of the team news. Seems like they're playing a left back, I think a right back. And just hoping these little things that the block can exploit little, the little margins they can find. But um, it, was, it was a very good win for them, I think. Indeed. Well. It's been lost a bit in the other stuff. but it's, in, in, it's, it's Indeed. It was, and it was great to watch. Uh, I think I spoke about this before. Patching and McElhinney playing together. It's very, very enjoyable. Alessio Bibi, obviously, the keeper who's, um, I think, definitely improved as well under Vinnie Perth. He spoke uh, to me uh, just at the press conference earlier in the week. Now, the first question, which wasn't actually asked by me, just referenced um, the fact that he's Italian and obviously he was brought in by Italians who are no longer there. Uh, listen, I've heard this question a lot of times, to be fair, and... Like, I don't like this kind of questions because it seems like I came here because I'm Italian and so Filippo and Giuseppe were my friends. Not like this. They signed me as a professional goalkeeper. I'm here as a professional player, so I'm not linked with them. I'm here to play football with them. I was happy with them, of course, because even the communication was easier. But still, I had Jim after them. Now I have Vinny. I've played for myself first, then for Dundalk, and then for the manager, whoever he, he is. So doesn't really make a difference for me. The important is, as I say, to work, to grow up, and to get results. That's all. Um, I think maybe something being noticeable in the games is your progress. Your your distribution has kind of improved a lot. You seem to be a lot more confident playing maybe longer passes out to your, your kind of back... Uh, you're back to wing players and also in the midfield? Yeah, I think uh, this was the same before as well, but it changed the, the way we are playing. Mm. Uh, before, maybe we had a period that we don't really find this this kind of playing, like with wingers and everything, was more like um, uh, just kick the ball and maybe play with second balls. But now Vini gave us different instruction to me first. So I'm trying to do what, what Vini asks. So if I have to play with wingers, I play with them, fullbacks and everything. We try to to keep the ball as more as possible. So I have a an important part to do this as a goalkeeper. So I just try to do what we try in we try in during the training and what Vini wants, but uh, I repeat, it's not like growing up uh, today for tomorrow. It's something that you have to do in togetherness with the team. So if if before our styles was different, I can't just keep uh, giving the ball to the center half or the winger if this is not our way to play. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you mentioned Vinny quite a bit there. What did you expect before Vinny came in? What did um, you expect from the other players and how has it worked out for you under Vinny? No, I didn't know Vinny at all, of course, but I knew his history for the club, for Dundalk. I know all the important things he did before. And to be fair, he kept doing a lot of important things even outside the, the field. You can see how much he cares about uh, about this club, about the thing that he wants us to be treated uh, the good. Like of course, 
with uh, uh, as better as possible. Uh, so I didn't expect nothing, but now I can see and I can tell that is a very important part of this club. And just finally, um, what have you made of the, you know, the way Dundalk have been playing the last few weeks, particularly, I suppose, Patching and McElhenney? And um, what do you think of the standard of the footballers in this team going into the game against Vitesse? Well, I think we showed to everybody. Uh, we have a lot of quality in our midfield, as you said, with Patching gave us more quality as well. Patrick McLeany, but even the players like Greg Slovet and Sam Stanton that maybe have different uh, job to do, but still they a team that everybody knows that we have quality. Yeah, so that was Alessio Bibi. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting. The last time Dundalk played in Holland, uh, we were both there. Alkmaar, what a, what a night that was. On this day as well, this day as we're recording on Wednesday in 2004, Shells beat Hijuk split 2-0. And I think last night's win by Bowes was definitely up there with a night like that. Um, and it wouldn't be far off if Dundalk were to go and get a result uh, in Vitesse. So uh, it's 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 happening. It's a great time of year to be leaving. Oh, Ireland yeah. Fan. It will be like, well, we had, it's a great time for anniversaries because we had the Dundalk Bate five-year mm. anniversary the other day. Abibi, by the way, is he's, uh, he's Italian-born, but he's Albanian. I don't think, you know, you have to, he, I think he identifies that way. So he's not just Italian, but. Um, yes, yeah, indeed. I, I, um, I think, I think, I think, um, it is like shells hijack. I don't know though. Like these anniversaries are great, but like in, in some ways it still frustrates me that like we look back on them as great nights, but the, the okay, legacy no. they left is great, great memories rather than a platform for sustained growth. So like we can have like good results every so often and they're great, but obviously you need to back it up. Like one of the best things about this year is that um it is the best set of results that, that Ireland have had since 2016 and as a result that big slide down the European rankings that was coming because you lose 2016 from the five year um, that hasn't that's not going to happen now um, and it's it's it, there's a chance for more wins and results that could actually nearly end up improving or at least ensuring that there is no real drop and that's important but now it needs to be backed up next year and the year after and, and that's the thing like you know you can celebrate great nights and they were Bloody brilliant, and I loved it. But um, it can't like it, it, I think there's a danger of complacency, and people think, well, "What a great league we have here! We don't have a great league. We have a league with loads of potential." Yeah, um, but we don't. Have, we don't. We don't have a great league. Although what, and, I, what I would and, say and, is, so it, like it, that's it's, like it's it, like you know the 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 the, the most sometimes when in moments of celebration is when you can try and get things done. Um, whereas I think in the past, and it's been a tradition in Irish football through the Delaney years, moments of celebration was a reason to uh, to to create a false pressure. What was that like? You know, creating the atmosphere after the yeah. in 2016. Like we we can sit back and go, well, this is brilliant for the league. We could, but what we really need to do is go. If we manage to do this with like you know no you know hardly any full time academy staff, you know crappy stadiums. This you know, is the point, Dan. What this can is- we do? 
this is exactly the point. But if somebody like a Kieran Lusa type figure spends a bit of time on this with the club to say we're going to come up with a plan here um, for the, the basically, you know, some sort of funding for academies across the country, they'll point out the fact, and this was pointed out by Long after the game. I was at uh, Pauk Bowes when they played in the 19s and Devoy, obviously, Tierney and... Um, Andy Lyons Andy Andy Lyons they're splendid right back played that night and Bowes were far from disgrace but these players have really progressed as individuals since then such that the three of them can now perform against a team that's regularly in the Europa League a serious serious football team and not look remotely out of place not even like any way lacking confidence and they're doing this in their home city basically they're doing this at home yeah no Um, listen and and that's the template that's the template you're patient to get fair yeah, like you know, there's, there's I said a very young league, and um, like there's 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 so much to advertise it, but it, it's still as relevant if they get hammered next week and all the clubs get knocked out next week. I yeah, don't think that's going to happen. But I'm just saying that 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 doesn't mean you know, the league is still in the same place regardless of what happens in those games, and it's more a case of making a constructive argument for, uh, okay, wouldn't it be great to deliver lights like this? You know, to our football grounds on a regular basis, and and actually can impose a strategy. And there was FAI strategy discussed, and I think the most interesting thing by far is the full time academy stuff. Because if you have a full time academy structure and you're producing good players, then it's inevitable that some of these better players. And this is obviously the sadness of these European runs. Sometimes that the better players do, the less likely that 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 they're around the next season. But that it's not a catastrophic thing to lose them. Yeah, yeah. Replace them if Leeds scales goes for it's, six, seven hundred grand, it is what it is, and he's he's developed in Ireland. He's been able to stay at home, um, and he's been if he goes on to England or Scotland or whatever it is, that's fine. But like the you know to see the bows, like was it the the under seventeens girls team, or whatever, were like the on the pitch last night. I think they were ball girls or whatever. Like it's to the, the the academy can just be so much part of something better, but a lot more than just developing footballers. Also about developing coaches, but creating a club, creating a club. Either us creating a community creating jobs in some areas that need jobs and keeping kids at home keeping them with their families keeping them developing and with brexit like the opportunities now no it is and and like and there's 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 a lot to go and, and yeah it's 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 about not being decimated after a good run and then having to reboot again all the time and that's the thing that if if devoy eventually goes is it jamie mullins's time and brexit yeah. has, has accelerated some of that but um, you know, there's still players going to try and go to, you know, Europe and, and go to other places. And I mean, you can't blame them in some cases because they will get better facilities. And, Absolutely, and a lot, a lot of things that you're going to get here. We probably should mention the scales thing. I mean, it is something that's is obviously hugely, um, you know, hugely relevant to the news of the last week. I think I think Celtic are the clear front runners, as other clubs mentioned. But I think Celtic is probably the most likely destination. If you were scales, like, Dan, would you go to Celtic or England? But I mean, England is a country. Celtic is a club. If you, but if you go to, like, say, he's, if he goes to England, are you just going to send go- them? Are you going to send them with a ticket, like, to send them to the airport? England. And say, off you go. If he England. Go, if he, he's not, well, he's not going to like Morecambe with all due respect. He's going to, he's going to go to a big club. If Bradley's true that Premier League clubs, Premier League slash Championship, or Celtic. Well, see, I, I think the thing is, there's a difference between interest and difference between a bid. Like, I'm yeah. aware of clubs that are interested, but. Um, the Celtic interest is definitely real. Um, I, I think, I mean, listen, the way things work, like his name will be probably, there'll be, there'll be people getting phone calls now saying, who is this Scales 
lads at Celtic are looking at if they weren't aware of him before like they will be now um, I, I know the point you're saying like Celtic doesn't have the appeal that it has uh, that it used to have sorry maybe 10 years ago and it doesn't necessarily I'm not even sure in parts of the country it still has a massive appeal for young Irish lads maybe not as mm. much um, in others um, but, I, but it's an absolutely huge club and if you go to a European night if he, if he went to one European a proper European night I think there um, uh, he'd be, he'd, 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 <laughs> I think that would be the argument to go there um, it, it, but really I think the argument it's not a bit like Celtic or England because that makes it seem like a sort of a it's like a championship manager choice yeah. like where, what, who's bigger than who and where would you like to go the main thing is that the people around them are pushing him towards a club where wherever he goes that they're sure he's going to play or be given a chance to play at least and then if he fails he fails but he turns exactly. 23 in a couple turns 23 later this week he's not 17 he's not 18 he's not 19 so if you know where he needs to go is wherever the best move is to play football regularly and continue with development and in a way that's the most important thing rather than the size of the club he goes to indeed um, there's no point there's no point going to a premier league club if you're not going to if you if you're just going there go you know and, and and not play for an entire season but of course you may also get a contract that changes your life from that area and much as we can talk again in those um, hypothetical terms of what you should do. Um, a player in this league knows that if you're offered money at a, a three, four-year deal on really good money, like, you have to probably take it because it may yeah. not come around again. I, I think I think Luke McNally is a very good chance. You think Andy Lyons is a very good chance. Couldn't disagree. I think scales wherever he goes. Like He's a player that could play, I think, in that, so many positions. Um, he's left-sided, and that, that gives him a yeah, great... Joey O'Brien said that today. Left-sided, yeah. Left-sided centre half, who I don't think would be out of place playing centre midfield. To be honest, fixtures this weekend: Derry City playing Drada Friday night. Uh, Drada, you've got an result. absolute love for centre halves playing in midfield. Like it's a, it's an absolute passion for. Like, it's not a passion. Darryl it's Shea. not a passion. Look at the, put Darrow Shea in there for Ireland. Yeah, wanna, I definitely uh, think that's what we're talking about. But let's 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 nah, let's let's get to the don't fixtures. Don't be fooled here. by don't be fooled by a, 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 a like he's got great ability, but. Scales can run with the ball. He's um, Dawson's devised midfielder. Yeah, but so is so is so is Keith Buckley. Like you know, and I'm not downplaying Keith Buckley's. I think he's been amazing. Scales scales for me. No, he's he's a left sided player. That's his strength. I I merely said I think he could play in midfield. I I do not in any uh, way think he's going to end up in midfield in his career. I think that'd be surprise. I think left sided centre back is going to be, but he's a lot going forward. That like if you don't, I wouldn't pigeonhole as a centre back in a two either because he, he basically can't do much going forward. And he's a brilliant striker the ball as well. Look at his goals this season anyway getting back to the point draw obviously lost to Watford Watford flying at Watford play Bowes uh, at the RSC that's on Saturday at 2 o'clock Sligo Rovers against Finn Harps local derby Finn Harps could badly do with something there 7.45 and then Sunday Shamrock Rovers Bradley Keane that they keep up uh, playing games rather than messing around with fixes late in the season at home to Longford Town 3 o'clock Dundalk against St. Patrick's fascinating game that uh, at 3 o'clock in the first division Bray Wanderers Wexford Galway United, Cork City. I'll be at that game. Great to see fans again. 800 in Terryland, UCD Shelburne, Treaty Cavantili. They're all Friday. Covet Loan is Saturday. Uh, Dan, that is our lot. It's been a great It's been a great week. I hope there's a lot more to come. Yeah, let's, let's hope next week is a better one. I mean, well, we have the two games tomorrow night, or it'll be tonight when most people listen to this. And then you have three games next Thursday, which is 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 8 o'clock kickoffs. So... Um, you're going to have, I think it, I think it's the Pauk one at six o'clock. 
Uh, the Albania games at seven o'clock, and then Dundalk in Tala at eight o'clock. So it's going to be a multi-screen thing, and or you know, people obviously, you know, some will obviously go to the game that's in Ireland, but much more people staying at home than they might have thought of to, to keep an eye on the developing stories. But hopefully, all three ties are live, so there's a real need to follow all of them. But that's a little log jam to come your way. But we'll be previewing them next week. We will talk about. We will that. indeed. Um, that was in association with FutureTicketing.ie. Thank you for listening. Best of luck to Bose. Best of luck to Doc. Best of luck to Sean Rovers.